high-performance computing is something which is central to the way in which science is done today. And um, uh, the way in which we think about uh, research uh, is, through, uh, is through the use of the, that tool. And having that uh, tool at uh, the disposal of the computational scientists is critical. That's the way we do business today. And the, the country with the biggest computers can do the best science in some sense. Welcome to Science Town, a podcast about the most unique research community on the planet. With every episode, we will bring you cutting-edge tech, science, and startup culture through the eyes of pioneering men and women. Their journeys cross disciplines and cross borders in the pursuit of world-changing science. Welcome to episode 20 of Science Town. I'm your host, Julie West. Each year, computer scientists at KAUST engage with peers at the annual SC conference, the largest supercomputing event of its kind in the world. Longtime friend to KAUST, Jack Dungara, is a familiar face there. The veteran computer scientist and top 500 list producer was recently awarded the 2022 Turing Award, considered to be the Nobel Prize of computing for contributions that have significantly shaped the field. Jack has also influenced HPC developments at KAUST. In this profile, recorded at SC21 in St. Louis, he talks about connections made here and throughout his career in conversation with KAUST computer scientists Hatem Latayef and Bilal Hadri, his former postdoctoral students, and David Keyes, KAUST founding faculty member and director of the Extreme Computing Research Center. Jack retires this summer after 32 years of service as a professor at the University of Tennessee. Jack, let's start with you. Tell us about your group at the University of Tennessee and the kinds of research done there and also some of the influences in your career that shaped its development. My, my group in, in Tennessee is made up of a very international group. French is the second language. And if you were to go to get coffee, you, you would engage in a French conversation more likely than in an English uh, discussion. So it's a group made up of very talented um, uh, research professors, uh, postdocs, programmers, um, uh, students, uh, and an administrative staff. And that's, uh, that's, that's been built up o over those uh, 30, uh, 32 years. And uh, we do work in uh, linear algebra, numerical linear algebra, developing software uh, for, that, uh, for that area. We do work in distributed computing, developing techniques uh, that uh, address uh, that uh, aspect of parallel computing. And we do uh, things related to performance tools and uh, the things like uh, benchmarking, uh, tools that measure the uh, uh, time to execution, floating point, and uh, counting the number of floating point operations, and uh, things like that uh, fall into that mix. Uh, you know, in, in my world, uh, when I was uh, being trained, um, I was exposed to many uh, researchers. I started at Argonne National Laboratory. It was a, it's an open lab in the sense that there's not classified information really going on there. And many visitors would come. We were developing software. Uh, a lot of people would come and uh, interact with us 
at Argonne, and uh, we had a mixture of, of uh, people from the States, uh, people from uh, Europe, people from Japan. At that time, there were not many people from China coming over, but it was a, clearly an international group that was interacting with us. And uh, there was always a sense in the group that I was with at Argonne of uh, interacting not only at work, but also outside of work. So we would uh, carry on and, and have parties and, and invite each other over. So it was a very open, a very uh, 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 family-like uh, feel to it. And um, it, it was through that exposure um, uh, and interacting with people, I think, that uh, a lot of what uh, we do in the group in Tennessee uh, centers on that kind of openness, that kind of in trying to get involved with a person broader than just their work uh, aspects and trying to engage with them uh, at a deeper level. Uh, and I think it brings something to, uh, to the table in terms of research and also in terms of engagement, having people from different cultures and different ways of thinking and ideas uh, brought to the table and uh, mixing, mixing them up. And I think that's a, that's a, good, uh, that's a good model. I, that's something I uh, advocate. And uh, it's through that kind of interaction, I think, that uh, a number of things were created um, uh, I, I've been involved, I've been, I've been put in, in a position to be involved in a number of very important uh, developments that have taken place in scientific computing. Um, uh, I talked about the benchmarking thing, that's one aspect. Uh, I was in, involved in, in doing um, a, a library for mathematical software, that was something else that came out of that. I was involved in developing uh, what became the standard for doing message passing. That was a result of this kind of interaction with a, a global uh, community. So there's been many, many ways in which um, I've benefited and I've also contributed uh, to a lot of what goes on today in scientific computing. Sort of, I think of it as the fabric of, of computing. I've had a small part in, in putting that together. David, take us back to the early years at KAUST and the vision for creating a supercomputing presence at the university. And where does the interest there lie today? When I left the U.S. to start this university, it was in the hopes of replicating exactly what Jack just described to sort of have an innovative computing lab east and to bring the mandate of the scientific discovery through advanced computing program, SIDAC as it's known in the U.S., still going on uh, after about 20 years, uh, but to bring that mission uh, in terms of developing the infrastructure to efficiently and effectively use high-performance computers into a uh, sustainability mix of applications, energy, environment, food, water. It's often joked that in the U.S. you can get funds for health, wealth, and stealth, for medicine, for finance, and for defense. And I was very attracted to uh, the concept of a university uh, whose targets were in the sustainability realm, but of course uh, even more attracted to the fact that this university would have a top 20 supercomputer for its own use, like Jack and I enjoyed through our affiliations with Department of Energy laboratories, but a supercomputer 
that had no parallel within thousands of kilometers, quite literally, between China and uh, Western Europe. And uh, this was a place to colonize for the kind of culture that Jack had been planting uh, in the US DOE uh, for many years through the, you know, through the focus of, of uh, benchmarking and uh, developing infrastructure for scientific applications. Uh, all of us now are uh, spreading our uh, eyes towards artificial intelligence, which has specialized hardware and uh, new kinds of algorithms. But uh, unlike the social media types, we are interested in uh, harnessing AI for uh, complementing direct simulation in uh, getting you know, even more performance out of these amazing systems. This next question is for Bilal and Hatem. It's been said that the postdoc years are potentially the most formative in terms of creating the trajectory that defines your research career, and that the teachers you work with are very much part of this path. Tell us about the kind of research that you do now, and as former students of Jack's, how are your studies with him fundamental to the arc of your respective research pursuits? Uh, I'm Bilal Hadwi, uh, computational scientist at the Kao Supercomputing Lab. Uh, basically, my job is to help uh, researcher in uh, for uh, to use efficiently and effectively our supercomputer to uh, help them for the scientific discoveries. Uh, so my uh, focus is more in benchmarking, performance, and making sure that our user and researcher are happy. So we need to make sure that the system that we maintain or will deploy uh, answer to the need to our uh, researcher. So uh, in terms not only about uh, uh, speed, but also like to take off this new workload, like probably like as uh, uh, David Keyes mentioned about artificial intelligence. So I started a postdoc with Jack in May 2008, uh, 2008 until December 2009. And for me, indeed, it was my first experience after my PhD. Uh, and it was a great, I would say, uh, he was a great mentor, uh, especially not only in the terms of uh, where um, I learned a lot about how to use efficiently the architecture. So his job is to try to juice the algorithms to use as much as possible the, uh, the, uh, the capability of a hardware. Uh, so uh, the, his team has developed a lot of uh, algorithms and I, le I learned from them, and uh, we uh, developed some tests. And all this knowledge background is very essential, especially like when then I just moved like almost across street to the uh, Oak Ridge National Lab, uh, where I helped scientists to, do, to use Jack algorithms efficiently to use on the supercomputer. So what they do is hard. Uh, I would say without the algorithms, you cannot use efficiently the, uh, the hardware. My name is Hatem Al Tayef. I'm a principal research scientist working at the Extreme Computing Research Center at KAUST. I am doing uh, improving uh, numerical algorithm, trying to uh, map those uh, algorithms into emerging architecture, and and uh, building asynchrony, building uh, parallelism, exposing parallelism uh, into those uh, algorithms. So I joined Jack uh, Group in January 2008. This is the first time actually I was able to see work. I mean, having fun and work together. And, and this is really uh, something that I never experienced before. 
um, you know, I can give an example on this. Um, after one of the weekly meetings that we have on Friday, there was a huge soccer game happening that afternoon during working hours. And I was a bit hesitant asking Jack whether we could, you know, just hang out around and, and watch this soccer game, uh, you know, live. And he said, of course, just go ahead and do it, right? And uh, this is uh, what happened. Uh, in terms of a uh, few things that uh, really I believe uh, my experience at Jack's group shaped, um, you know, what came after, uh, you know, uh, my time at uh, his lab, meaning at KAUST. Um, you know, uh, one of the example is, you know, Jack has uh, an alias when it comes to discussing uh, internal things, which is Dongara local, right? He would send an email to Dongara local that would fire in the uh, mailbox of all the, uh, you know, colleagues that work in the lab. Uh, when we came, uh, when I came at KAUST and, and start sort of, you know, doing some of the, the work with David um, group, uh, I created actually something called Hatem Local. <laughs> and many of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, some of the uh, people that left, uh, you know, our uh, group with David went to your group. They see the similarity and said, hey, didn't you steal something from Jack? I told them much more than just that uh, alias. Yeah, so this is really a, a great experience. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the seeds that have been uh, uh, put in place during my time at ICL, we, we uh, David and I, I mean, we're harvesting some of those fruits right now. And uh, uh, it's been really a, a real pleasure to work in his lab. You're listening to Science Town. When was Cal's first on your radar? And it, it must have been really interesting to see it evolve. David was a professor, uh, I guess, at Columbia at the time, and he said he was going off uh, to Saudi Arabia. And I said, oh my gosh, what are you going to do in Saudi, in Saudi Arabia? And he says, well, they're building a center, and the, the, the ambition is to create uh, a place that would be like uh, uh, Silicon Valley. I would have this university uh, sitting, uh, sitting here set up uh, to do all sorts of creative uh, things. He said, uh, you know, given a given... Uh, I won't say an infinite budget, but given enough money uh, to do the job and perhaps do it right, uh, it was a, was a challenge and an opportunity that he couldn't resist. So he was uh, going off uh, to Saudi and uh, taking on that uh, taking on that challenge. And um, uh, in that time, we had been colleagues and friends and, and collaborators and, and uh, mixing things up in the DOE space, uh, working on SIDAC and some of the other projects, and. Um, uh, through, it was through that involvement that ultimately, um, uh, I guess, I became a member of your advisory board. That's correct. That's right. Yep. I can't remember what year that you, was, you, though. That, you came over in 2015, 2015 for that, but that was the third first that, was that right. you did. Yes. The first first was you were the first Dean's Distinguished Lecturer. Oh, of course. That's right. You yes. were willing, uh, unlike many of my colleagues in the U.S., you were willing to, you know, give Saudi Arabia and Coast uh, oh my gosh. You know, the benefit <laughs> of a doubt, right? And... Uh, uh, then he was also, I think, the first Western keynoter at when Kaust hosted HPC Saudi the first time. So HPC Saudi uh, has been an annual meeting that Kaust began, uh, but it but it began at, in Jeddah and the sponsorship rotated a few times. But when we 
took it back on our campus and invited the country in to talk about high-performance computing, including many from Aramco. Um, Jack was, I think, the first keynoter for that, and subsequently was followed by people like Horst Simon and Thomas Schultes. You know, every year we 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 try to get you know one of the most um, effective representatives of what what you know a simulation program can do in in uh, you know other countries and and uh, you know hold that up as an example. But um, then you know in in 2015, when uh, short you know shortly after we went from an initiative to being a, a center in the language of KAUST, um, we had to be reviewed, and uh, I was privileged at that time to be able to nominate reviewers, and our vice president of research at that time actually went with the list of reviewers, and of course uh, Jack was on that list as the most senior member. It was a great committee. We also had Thomas Schultes, Bill Gropp, Bipin Kumar, and Satoshi Matsuoka. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, a very uh, good way to get internationally calibrated. But I think our most important relationship is in the exchange of junior researchers. It, you know, Hatem referred to the culture that he learned in observing the way Jack ran the Innovative Computing Lab, and Hatem brought that culture really into the way we run the ECRC, and uh, Bill L. is not the only other member of Jack's group at KAUST. Uh, many uh, people from, you know, that ICL experience uh, wanted to be part of the KAUST supercomputing lab team. And uh, five of our grads received postdocs, uh, first job offers uh, in Jack's lab. So we're very cross-pollinated at this point. So Jack, what stands out as something to be on the lookout for about KAUST and also supercomputing in the Middle East? Well, um, uh, well, certainly, Kaust having high-performance machines so shows its interest and its uh, appreciation for what it takes to get to the next level of doing science, having those devices, having those tools available to the researchers, and making them available so they can easily be put into use with that. So, you know, Kaust is a, is a, is a singularity in some sense uh, in terms of having high-performance computing, having the, the talent uh, that we see here with uh, the people in the room, uh, David and, and Bill L and Hatem, uh, certainly bring that uh, talent to, to the to the table at KAUST and elevate it to uh, to another level. You know, my uh, close friend and, and colleague is uh, the president of KAUST, so Tony uh, Tony Chan. I've known for many years when he was. Uh, uh, I guess I really caught up with him after he had graduated and he was at doing his postdoc at Caltech and then uh, when he went on to uh, UCLA and then went on to uh, NSF and then a few other things he's done. So, so he's, uh, he's been a, a good friend and, and a colleague and uh, um, I, I certainly understand uh, how Kaus benefits uh, from someone like Tony and his energy that he brings uh, to science in general and his ability to uh, uh, to get a team and to have that team functioning at the right level, I think, uh, is is really a great uh, a great show. So KAUST has you know many attractive things uh, from the top, uh, from the president, uh, down to the supercomputers that you have uh, available to the researchers, and that that all uh, has some attraction, I would say, for uh, anyone doing science today.
Hatem explained to me that you focused your career on something called the linear algebra package, which I can think of as a, a vertical stack with applications at the top and hardware at the bottom. And your work is the building block from which different people take and do all the multiplicity, multiplicity of things that they do in supercomputing. What inspired you to focus on that all those years ago? Why linear algebra? Why linear algebra? Why would I do that? Exactly. So, um, okay, so I was, um, uh, so now we're gonna go back, uh, we're gonna go back to when I was an undergraduate. So I was an undergraduate uh, and I wanted to be a high school teacher. And um, I went to a, I, I lived in Chicago and I went to a place which trained teachers for the um, Chicago public school system. Today it has the name Chicago State University. Um, uh, my last year of um, uh, undergraduate, I started to change my ideas about what I really wanted to do. I had, I had a, a part-time job in the physics department at Chicago State University. And uh, the, the, the head of the department said, um, you know, you might, um, you might think about applying to this position uh, for students at Argonne National Lab. So it was a program where you could uh, spend a semester uh, at, at a lab and do work and get credit for it. And I said, yeah, that'd be a great thing. So I applied. It was my last semester as an undergraduate. And I was about to, uh, if I didn't do that, I probably would have uh, taken, um, uh, you know, in, the, in, in teaching, you, you have to do uh, a practical thing where you go out and, and, uh, and uh, teach in high schools and, and get a taste of what it's really like. And uh, I decided not to do that. I decided to apply, and I was accepted. And I worked in a group at, at this national lab uh, called the Applied Math Division, and I was, uh, I was basically told to work for uh, this individual called Brian Smith. Brian Smith was working on a software project uh, to develop uh, linear algebra software for finding eigenvalues, and uh, that project goes by the name of IcePack. You know, when I started there, I was uh, the gopher. I was, uh, you know, I'm an under, undergraduate, you know, here's some things, you know, put away this stuff here, here's a program, look at it and see if you can figure out what it's doing. And, uh, you know, I would uh, do that and I would uh, try to improve things and make things a little, little bit better. And uh, there would be many people who would come to Argonne to give lectures. So we had a lecture, a very active lecture series. Many people from international uh, would come and uh, interact with us. And um, uh, I decided to go to graduate school and I applied for um, computer science at the Illinois Institute of Technology. So I, I went to IIT, got a master's degree after a year and a half, and Argonne hired me back. They were just starting a new project. That project was for systems of linear equations. That project has a name LINPAC. So I worked on IcePAC. LINPAC was another linear algebra package uh, that I was uh, working on developing software for it. Again, there were many people coming in. Um, one of the guys who was around in the IcePAC days, Cleve Moeller, he was now at the University of New Mexico, and uh, he said, you know, you might want to think about going getting a PhD. He said, why don't you come to New Mexico? We'll make it easy for you. And I said, okay, I'll do that. So Argonne was gracious enough. They, um, they actually paid uh, part of my uh, salary while I was away getting, a getting my degree at the New Mexico. 
uh, at New Mexico, I had a job at Los Alamos. Uh, one day a week, I would fly up there and, and work and interact with people there. You know, they had uh, you know, wonderful equipment. They had the fastest computers, and I got to experiment and to deal with that and to work uh, intimately with that architecture. I remember spending nights there, you know, working on, on the Cray computer. And I would, uh, uh, so I worked up there, and then I went to New Mexico to start my degree in Albuquerque. So I did my PhD, took courses, did all the stuff, took exams. And then um, Cleve was my advisor, and uh, he said, in my last semester there, he said, in one of my last semesters there, he said, I'm going to go take a sabbatical at Stanford. He said, you have to finish your courses this semester, and when you do, come, come out to Stanford with me. So I, uh, I, did, I did as he said, went to Stanford, and I spent uh, maybe half a year uh, at Stanford with Cleve, uh, working with uh, Gene Golub and, and a whole collection of graduate students. It was a, sort of the golden era uh, at, at Stanford at that time. Every, almost every one of the students there who were you know, my, my peers, essentially, uh, have gone on and have done really terrific, incredible things. And uh, so that, that was a great experience. From that, I went back to Argon and spent another 15 years there and then moved to Tennessee. So that, that's sort of my, my story. Okay, I'd like each of you to talk about why you're doing what you do in, in a philosophical sense, in terms of how you believe supercomputing is making a meaningful difference in the world. A, 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 any system that can simulate another system is at least as complex as the system being simulated. And uh, of course a computer is not yet complex enough to simulate the full detail, for example, of the Earth's circulation. But uh, as we make them more and more powerful, they can resolve more and more scales in space and time and more features of the physics. And it's always been my fascination to try to master natural processes that can uh, make energy conversion more efficient. I grew up, you know, I became of age during the energy crisis of the early 1970s. And uh, that was my aspiration to make a contribution there. And then I realized what I really liked about engineering was the differential equations. And then in grad school, I realized what I really like about the differential equations is the computer simulations. So I followed a very natural you know, path towards becoming a computational scientist and engineer. And uh, then got lured into parallel computing, which appeared just as I was beginning my postdoc, actually. Um, I was a postdoc with Bill Gropp. And uh, we had just made a... Um, a token ring out of some Apollo workstations and we're passing messages by tokens around this ring and suddenly seven parallel computers appeared at Yale <laughs> in the group of Martin Schultz. And uh, we, you know, message passing started, domain decomposition of, uh, of large systems into distributed memory became the goal. And uh, since then it's just been following my nose and uh, luckily uh, there's a lot of people interested in that. When, when, I, when I started working uh, at, in, in Jack's lab, uh, you know, we worked mostly uh, you know, to, to, to build software, develop software close to the architecture, right? Uh, very interesting, I learned so much things on the architecture, on putting together software, testing, as my colleague also mentioned, the importance uh, of testing. And moving to KAUST, uh, you know, I was able to be exposed to uh, domain scientists. 
uh, to various applications. So I could be one day, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a computational chemist. The next day I could be a statistician. The next day I could be a, a geophysicist. And being able to uh, see the impact of the software that you put together and see the impact that it has when you, once you integrate it into um, an application, and that's really something really cool uh, because, you know, usually, uh, you know, one would work on a, a specific algorithm, you know, design it, implement it, and optimize it, package it, and then it's, a, like, a, it's like a black box, right? So you don't know actually who may use it. You may even not, uh, you know, be aware of it. I mean, the user that uses your software that you package may not even know that he's using your own package. And, you know, at Chaos, really being exposed to various, uh, you know, domain scientists, uh, you have a chance and the opportunity to see and influence sometimes, you know, uh, some of their application development. I think this is really something, you know, cool that uh, I'm, I'm glad to experience at Chaos. I think the, uh, the exposure that uh, gave, uh, Jack gave us uh, is to be rigorous. And I remember like uh, when we do this uh, Friday uh, meeting lunch, so we have to present what we did. And so we have to present like kind of a graph of performance what we did. And we show a number, we are happy. But Jack wanted us to be rigorous. Okay, this uh, number will represent what? And we explain. But what is a theoretical peak? What is the efficiency? And this helped me in the benchmarking. And some, how many times, like for example, we discover like this hardware is not enough for our workload, so we need to, do, uh, to uh, work more. So we are asking the vendor or eventually our collaborator, okay, is, is it the right hardware for our scientific load? So supercomputing is like Formula One or like a big car and you have like uh, several gear. You don't, don't get stuck to the first gear. So this is how like uh, the rigorousness that I learn is to try to use it efficiently and shift the gears so you can get the full power of what you get. I'm a big advocate of um, uh, engaging with the community and trying to develop uh, software that's um, avail freely available for the community. That's, that's something I feel very strongly about. Uh, we receive uh, government funds. Those funds are used to develop software that software is put in the public domain. And I use uh, software as an example of uh, my calling card. In some sense, the software that we develop really announces who we are. We develop this software and um, it should be uh, software that works correctly. It should be as fast as it possibly can be fast on our modern uh, high performance systems. And it should exhibit uh, that, uh, that trait that it uh, runs in a portable way across many, many systems. So that's sort of what we I try to uh, create that, try to make it available to the whole community, try to engage the community also in a discussion about what the needs are of, of, uh, co of computing as we go forward. So that's, a, that's another, another thing. So I say, you know, at my core, I would say a community effort, a community engagement is uh, something that I uh, feel uh, is important for science uh, as, we, uh, as we go forward. I think uh, people have a question about possible retirement, Jack, and I'm just wondering, uh, ass assuming that um, you still have more questions to ask and more things to do, is there a area of inquiry that you just are determined to do 
before it's too late, whatever that means. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I did announce I was retiring. I'm going to, uh, quote, officially retire at the end of uh, June um, uh, from the university. So I'll be emeritus at the end of uh, June. I'll still uh, come into the office. I'll still engage, but uh, I will uh, relax my, um, uh, my, um, my, daily, uh, my daily routine. Uh, I'm intending to stay where I am in terms of uh, location. Uh, I'm intending to keep up all the contacts that I've, I've kept up. I'm intending to help whoever takes over my group. MathWorks has endowed a professorship at the University of Tennessee. So we have a new, a new line, a new professorship. That, that person is um, intended not to replace me. I'm irreplaceable, as, as we all are. Uh, but it's, it's a person who can come in and maybe uh, carry on the, the, the charge that we, that we are doing. And my, it's my goal is to have somebody come in who is dynamic and can effectively do that. I, I'll be there to help. I'm there to help uh, guide the, the ship uh, in some sense and steer it uh, in a direction uh, if it needs it. If it. When it doesn't need it, I'm happy to, to let the reins go and let, let the ship take off and, and sail on its own. Any closing comments before we... Well, you know, Jack is the dean of high-performance computing for the whole world. And, uh, you know, people will be watching all of his priorities and, uh, you know, making theirs accordingly. And hopefully, I mean, Jack is the one who coined the term, uh, the Computnik, drawing the Sputnik analogy when Japan first raced ahead of the U.S. in supercomputing and has, has long been looked to first by journalists to interpret you know, trends in supercomputing uh, as they affect not just the technology, but also the economy and geopolitics and you know, new, new applications uh, like artificial intelligence and so forth. So um, we expect to keep hearing from him and, uh, you know, expect to keep seeing him at supercomputing. He's one of the 18 remaining that have been to, yeah, to, have been to every single uh, supercomputing uh, conference. And of course, uh, the, the 58th top 500 list um, is an institution that, uh, with its now multi-benchmark uh, uh, parts, uh, keeps interpreting the progress of the field. So um, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's a lot that won't end with a professorial uh, duties. Thank you. What a pleasure. Thanks for taking time. Yeah, thanks for taking time. Thanks to everyone who took part in this episode. Science Town is produced by Mark Bowes, Alex Arias, and Julie West. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of King Abdullah University of Science and Technology, also known as KAUST. You can find us on all major social channels, wherever you get your podcasts, and at sciencetown.kaust.edu.sa.